Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. My name is Dr. Tanya Holcomb, and I'm on a mission to normalize naturopathy in big, bold ways. I want you to see the world through my eyes, where extraordinary health and massive upgrades in life are always available to you. You'll be inspired to trust your body's wisdom to heal, motivated to claim your next upgrade in health and life, release what no longer serves you, and pursue what you truly desire. If you seek truth, you are on the freedom path to your greatest potential. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. So I know we have talked about stress before, but we're going to do it again because it keeps coming up. You guys, this is the one thing that keeps coming up. It looks different for everybody, but it's absolutely a conversation that we would just rather avoid because in our minds, it's like we can't do anything about the circumstances, but remember that's a lie. It's not about the circumstances. This is not about circumstantial power. This is always about personal power. Or as I like to say, the only time that we struggle is when we're sitting next to our power instead of in it. So I want to have just a really uh, big breakdown on stress and talk about stress. And, And I do wanna say like, this is something that is an ongoing conversation with myself. Okay, so anytime that I I think, wow, like I, I feel like my capacity is not as big as it normally is, I go back to this exact conversation that I'm about to have with you and I check myself. I check myself for the basic things that I know give me that greater currency to live life full tilt. Okay, so this is going to be a lot of like just the physical aspects. We will talk a little bit about emotional, mental things as well. But the thing about stress is that if we don't get the physical part dialed in, then everything on the emotional, mental planes is harder. So we tend to think of uh, our self care as stress relief, which is awesome. But a lot of times we're missing the basic components of this. So this is the person who is able to be full zen uh, when they're on their yoga mat, but off the mat, they're like a wild beast. You're like, wait, you are not the same person as when you were on your mat, right? Because they have not checked the currency. We want to be able to uh, tap in to our bliss, our pleasure, our joy, our gratitude, all times of the day, all times of the day that needs to be accessible to us. So if we constantly feel like we're treading water, like we are um, just in that contracted energy, like no matter how many times we do the emotion code or the emotional freedom technique, like we just can't get ahead of this. This is that physical currency that we want to check in first. And it may be something more than this, but I'm telling you, this is such a great start to that story. So what is, uh, what is stress? And <laughs> let's just like, what is it? So it's any nonspecific response of the body to any demand. So stress is not an external event or a thing outside of us, but rather it's our internal state of being. 
So again, stress is not the thing outside of us. It's our state of being as we coexist with the thing. So stress is dependent on internal reactions, capabilities, and resiliency of the body. So when broken down, the currency of the body is simple. We are looking at energy and materials uh, that aid in the use of of really uh, fueling us in such a way that we have such a great capacity for life. So this is where we have um, the big things. The big things that most of us find it easier to just skip out on this conversation and go to meditation and yoga and breath work and we don't do the basic stuff. So the basic stuff that we absolutely need is sunlight. Protein, fats, carbohydrates, those are your macros, minerals, vitamins, water, and then of course sleep and movement. So this is the currency as to what supplies the body's response to stressors. So when we are rich in this currency, then we are able to stay in that peak performance zone. So the biggest part of this currency is the sunlight, is the protein, fats, and carbohydrates, the minerals, vitamins, and water. That's the core of it. And then, of course, sleep uh, is, is key. And I'm adding movement as key as well because movement is really uh, our connection to life. You know, So when we look at the nervous system, there are those two sides, right? You have that sympathetic side, which is that fight or flight. You have the parasympathetic side, which is the rest and relax. And so many people, what happens is they become stuck on one side or the other. So if we become stuck in sympathetic mode, we will tend to be stress seekers and feel like we can perform well under stress. Okay, this person may often feel like they have a racing brain or struggle to settle down and relax. But if we're stuck in that parasympathetic mode, we will tend to feel emotionally redrawn, more tired, and less able to stand up for ourselves. And when I say stand up for ourselves, I mean like stand up for your dreams, for your convictions, for your truth, for your desires. So neither of these sides of the nervous system are bad. Uh, It's just getting stuck in one is what causes the problems. So we want to be able to access our fight or flight just as well as we can access our rest and relax. Both have such important jobs when it comes to showing up at life, but we really want to be able to shift easily back and forth. So of course, like if you have too much caffeine, you're going to feel the stress effects of that. If you skip one too many meals, you're going to feel the stress effects of that. If you stay up late one too many nights, you're going to feel that. Okay, but if we do this acutely, our body should be able to handle these things in moderation. The problem is, is that the currency is so off that these things, even as acute things, are problematic. Okay, they become very problematic and it can happen really fast. So when these things happen, it of course takes a toll on your overall physiology. So let's talk about sleep for a minute. Again, it's one of those conversations that either people are nailing it or they don't want to talk about it, okay? Uh, So why don't they want to talk about it? Well, for a lot of moms, you know, it's when you finally get your kids to bed and you sneak out of the room and it's like, oh my gosh, 
uh, it's my time. It's my time. It's me time. But that me time at nighttime, no matter how many ways we mask it, is going to be problematic, okay? Uh, because if we're not getting enough sleep, there is an immediate cost to that. This is our brain fog, our difficulty concentrating. We become snapping turtles, uh, headaches, fatigue, and of course, there are the sugar cravings. And those sugar cravings is that need for quick energy. So lacking sleep has a cost. There are very few people on this world that can do without eight hours of sleep. Okay. And I will say that there are, there isn't a mom that can do this. There isn't a mom who's juggling the mom work that can be running any more on sleep, you know, uh, on less sleep than she already is. So certainly moms with newborn, right? Like uh, our bodies are built for that. And that's where that breastfeeding relationship comes in to support our body through that process. Uh, but if that's disrupted, right, we need to make sure that we're getting ample uh, hitting the targets on everything else that we can to support our body through that. So that means that we're nailing our macros, that we are um, getting uh, the sunlight, um, and that we are um, on a really solid nutrition program, you know, to support us. And and I would say that's true for anybody, but I'm just saying like it's even it's even harder. I lived it. I know. And this is where it's like, we have to honor rest in any fashion that we can get it because our body needs it. And so for a mom to have children or even a child and to have the demands of that and other demands that we place on ourselves, um, you need sleep, <laughs> you need sleep. And so if the body does not get enough sleep, it's going to need more energy from those other aspects of that currency. So uh, sleep-deprived people have reduced levels of leptin, the hormone that makes you feel full, and they have increased levels of ghrelin, the hunger-stimulating hormone. This is by design. It's saying if you're going to cheat me here in this category, then you got to make up for it over here. Uh, this is the body's way of trying to obtain the energy it needs to survive. So the problem is, is we feel that intuitively, you know, and so this is where we go to the refrigerator and we open it up 17 times in the day and nothing sounds good um, because what we don't want to grab the sugar, which is what we want. You know, we're like, let's give, give me something fast or, you know, give me a quick thing. I mean, I swear during this time I lived off fat bombs, which worked then. It doesn't work once you're no longer lactating or, uh, you know, actually, pregnant, uh, that's when those macros need to shift conversation for a different day. But, um, you know, we need that, we need that source of energy. And so nothing sounds good though, because what we want, we know we shouldn't have, um, or it's not readily available, or it feels like work to make because we don't have the energy to make it right. So we have to have quick things in our fridge, uh, to support us through this. Um, and, or this is where making a smoothie is going to be a really lovely, quicker offering because we need to make up for those macros. And with a smoothie, you can get in that protein, you can get in that fat and you can get in those carbs. Studies have suggested that people, uh, who sleep less than five hours a night, I mean, they are absolutely going to have an increased risk of de developing diabetes. 
And what this tells us is this lack of sleep over time can completely change the way we're able to process the food that we intake. Well, of course, there are other serious problems associated with chronic sleep deprivation. Uh, you know, we can see the body communicate to us in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, it can show us high blood pressure. It can show us, you know, extreme things like heart attack and heart failure and stroke because it's just, it's, it's on E, it's beyond E, and there's not enough currency of the other to pick this up. And then we have obesity, depression, reduced immune resiliency, and low sex drive. There's, there's so much, there's so much here. I mean, everything can trace back to, um, to lack of sleep. So sleep is of course, massively important. And many people do not realize that there's immediate cost that happens when we don't get our sleep. We want to have better sleep. Okay. You've convinced me. I want to have better sleep, but I can't seem to fall asleep or I can't seem to sleep well. So let's talk about what is happening with that. So melatonin is the hormone that makes us sleepy. It's also an extremely potent antioxidant. When it is reduced or not sufficient, inflammatory communications go up in the body. It is also connected with the ovaries and hormone regulation. So melatonin is produced in the pineal gland naturally, and it's what we like to call the light hormone. This means it's heavily influenced by the light that we take in by our surroundings. So simply adjusting your light environment is one of the most impactful, easy, and inexpensive shifts you can make. When the sun goes down and the darkness occurs, the pineal is turned on and begins to actively produce melatonin. This melatonin is released in the blood, and usually this occurs around 9 p.m. So as a result, the melatonin levels in the blood rise sharply and you begin to feel less alert. Okay, so this is when sleep starts to become more inviting. But as darkness prompts the, mel the production of melatonin, um, light can halt it. So what darkness can do, light can also stop it from happening. And this is specifically the blue light as the spectrum of light waves can mimic morning light and confuse that process. So guess what? Our cell phones, our tablets, our televisions, our computers, and even some light bulbs emit this blue light. So if you're up late at night, you may want to get those blue blocking glasses. This is the point of them. Okay. Uh, so I'll talk more about that in just a minute, but, um, you may also consider adjusting your work, adjusting your schedule so that at 9 PM, you know, you're off technology. Protecting melatonin production and going to bed at the same night also helps to keep your internal clock, your circadian rhythm regulated. So our bodies work on a 24-hour circadian rhythms, and this affects not only our sleep-wake cycles, but countless other functions, including hormones and appetite. Light and darkness are powerful biological indicators that signal us when it's time to do something. Morning light, okay, seeing that morning light within the first two hours of sunrise helps to keep our internal clock, our circadian rhythm in sync, and it does not have to be sunny. Simply get your eyes in the morning light, not through a window, not through glasses, not through contacts. And this will allow us to naturally feel more awake and energetic during the daylight hours. And when it gets dark, it tells us it's time for bed. So when we're exposed to daylight in the morning, your body will produce less mel melatonin, that sleepy hormone, and be ready to increase the production at night. So you guys, this is so huge, and this has been something that I have been uh, far more intentional about. 
I go in and out of being intentional about this because I understand intellectually how important this is. Um, but then of course I'm like you living life. So I have gotten good at, you know, putting myself to bed. You know, I, I really aim, it's like in the winter, it's easier to hit that 10 PM target, you know, that 10 PM kind of turned into 10 30. And now it's like, okay, if I'm in bed by 11, I'm doing great. Um, but I also don't have to like bounce out about at 6am. Okay. So I have that going for me. If you have to get up early, you need to be putting yourself to bed early. That's the way, that's the only way. Okay. You've got to get that sleep. Now I've also been, uh, more intentional about wearing my blue blocking glasses. There are times where I'm still teaching and it's 930 at night. I'm not somebody who's going to say like, yep, I'm completely have everything shut down. Um, there are times when I'm like literally online in front of a computer. So working to be more intentional about wearing blue blocking glasses, anytime I'm in front of a screen, it's hard to do it when I'm live because it just looks odd. The glare looks odd. Um, and then the other shift that I have made, because I feel like I'm in this like really big phase of fine tuning everything. And so the other shift that I made is as soon as I get up, getting outside. So that was, you know, before in the winter, I was doing the biplate and the red light therapy in the morning. Now I'm just getting outside. It's obviously easier that it's been so nice out. And so um, I either go for a walk, a 20 minute walk first thing without, you know, contacts or glasses on. So everything's a little hazy, but I do pack glasses with me in case I needed to see. Um, and then I have been, you know, making sure I get my breaks, you know, as much as I can during the day outside, um, getting that sunlight, having that time in nature, focusing on that sunlight. And then, uh, that's been huge, absolutely huge. And loving that routine switch up. And then again, at nighttime, it's just, if I don't need to be on my phone, you know, if I'm not doing something, don't open it. Um, and if I do grab my glasses, you know, just trying to be the actual mindfulness, because I know this is such a huge part of that final fine tuning of hormones. But for some of you, um, you really, really need to address this now because things are feeling so chaotic in your body. And this is one of the easiest things that we can do to really support our biological rhythms. So I got called out with a NUS scan. So for my femmes that are listening, you know, scanning yourself routinely is going to tell you how well your circadian rhythms are doing. And when I saw my circadian rhythms talking, I was like, okay, I need to, uh, I need to get more serious about this because I know I'm doing so much good stuff, but this is, this is my elephant in the room and this needs to be addressed. That's been huge. Um, I will say that I know melatonin is something that is, just really easily available, uh, just like caffeine is, right? It's like, oh, this, this, my morning matcha drinks makes my skin glow. So drink your morning matcha drink. Like it, there's so many influencers out there like, oh, this, this sleepy tincture is my go-to and it has melatonin or the drink has caffeine. And these things are so disruptive. Um, and, and I'm not saying they, I'm not saying, you know, you need to address the caffeine as your elephant in the room right now, but certainly if sleep is an issue, it needs to be looked at. And the thing with taking melatonin to fall asleep, it can be really beneficial uh, for people who are, you know, have reached menopause, um, 
and you know are dealing with inflammatory states, it can be a beautiful antioxidant powerhouse for them um, and a lovely supplement. But for those of us who are cycling, for those of us who are still bleeding, uh, we want to focus on fertility and that melatonin and caffeine can cost us ovulation. So taking melatonin is going to be disrupting fertility. And hey, I understand if you're not looking to have more children, but at the same time, fertility is what we want to be in the name of health. Okay, so to be fertile is to know that we are doing everything to optimize health. And when we're optimizing health, we are slowing down the aging process, which is so cool and so profound. So we just want to check ourselves. You know, again, like I said, I know that uh, a lot of moms, um, that nighttime is me time. And so it's so easy to stay up until midnight, one, two in the morning, getting stuff done, getting caught up. But I just want you to check yourself of like, what does your day look like then? How are you, like, who are you as a mom throughout the day? Like, if you are so irritable, if you're just annoyed, if you're just struggling, you know, this is the body saying like, this isn't working. And so if you had more energy in the day and had greater capacity in the day, uh, I think you'd really, really enjoy that shift. And certainly I know that your body would. So the other thing to mention uh, for as it relates to uh, sleeping, and this can apply to children as well, is you may need a high protein, moderate carb plus fat snack about an hour before bed. And this can really help your body calm down for sleep. And it can also prevent those cortisol spikes. Uh, those cortisol spikes can be the cause for waking frequently in the night. And this is especially true when blood sugar is dysregulated or there's, you know, current struggle there, um, or the liver is burdened. So not everybody needs this, but if you're like, gosh, I do wake up, you know, frequently at the in the night, or, you know, my three-year-old is constantly waking up, uh, there could be more going on. Um, but maybe try a bedtime snack. Okay. So other thing that can be really supportive is using castor oil packs. Uh, a burdened liver can absolutely impact sleep and castor oil packs are an amazing and gentle offering. We also love working with some topical magnesium. So using that magnesium topically or even just getting an Epsom salt bath before bed or an Epsom salt, uh, Epsom salt foot soak, um, you know, it would be lovely. You know, even if we're just looking at the feet, the feet will absorb 80% of the magnesium directly into the circulation. So magnesium is depleted by stress. And so when you, when your stress goes up, so does your body's burn rate. So I want to talk about food, <laughs> food stress, really. Uh, what is food stress and how does this impact us? And so first up is fasting. Fasting, you know, is great. It provides the benefit of allowing the body to clear out waste and devote resources to go towards cellular and energy cleanup. But the kicker here is, is that fasting overnight while we're sleeping, I believe is enough of a fast. So there is time and space to implement fasting for healing, like, like what we do in the cleansing circle, where we have very targeted uh, intentional cleansing periods, and there may be a fasting component to that. But over a prolonged period of time, extending fasting um, into your day does not give us more of a fact. 
Basically, let me break down like what happens. So how does the body make energy essentially when it's fasting? So it's either going to use stored energy from the liver, or it's going to use the pancreas and adrenal glands for energy. And the process here is using cortisol to turn protein into sugar to keep the blood sugar stable. So cortisol basically eats your muscles and tissues for this process, and the protein needed for this process has to come from somewhere. So if your adrenals and thyroid and liver are already burdened, which I'm telling you, uh, if you're a mom, they are, then fasting will simply cause more stress. So the adrenals and liver will pick up the slack of the other endocrine organs if they will need to. So the question is at what cost? Okay. So when I say, if you're a mom, it's like, if you are raising littles right now, or even if you're in the thick of, you know, having teenagers and you haven't really committed to full-blown health protocols and remineralizing and doing the deeper work, then this is what I mean. Like this is you. Okay. The body will cut functions to make up for the energy it needs. So for women specifically, it will always cut female hormones in favor of stress hormones and non-essential items such as reproduction, hair, skin, nails, mood, and there will also be a downregulation of, of energy levels. Men's bodies are a little bit more resilient to uh, calorie shifts and changes, and women's bodies are extremely sensitive to stress. So our bodies want to feel safe. Safety is an integral process of growing and bringing new life into the world. And the body has always prioritized stress response over hormone balance. It is the hierarchy uh, that the body perceives as a priority. We just want to make sure, like the biggest takeaway is like you in this time of your life, your body most likely wants to feel safe. Okay. So the body will use the same precursor hormone to make cortisol that it does to make female hormones such as progesterone. So because the body will always favor survival over reproduction, if there is stress present, the body favors making that stress hormone cortisol over the female hormone progesterone. Again, progesterone is a thing that we can't get enough of. We need it. So it's also very problematic uh, for those with strained relationships with food and those who have issues with appetite. It can cause extreme hunger and it can even cause problems with appetite regulation and obsession with food for many women. Then of course there's chronic dieting. Chronically dieting causes the body to exist in a constant state of simulated famine. Okay, so as the body works to understand how best to stay alive in the state of famine, it has to adapt. This results in a downregulated appetite and metabolism. When there are not enough calories for the body's needs, the metabolism needs to be downregulated. This is not what you want. Uh, so this downregulation paired with the eating of tissues, okay, that happens like as we discussed with the fasting, causes an increase in body fat percentage at the expense of muscle mass and strength and can contribute to fatty liver, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease. Okay, so the metabolism can absolutely adapt back, but it often takes slow, sustainable changes over time. It's like people are like, have this realization that their metabolism is not happy and then they want overnight success. But we have to literally take our time with healing the metabolism and bringing it, like getting it back online. To simplify all of that, chronic dieting 
has major cost. You're disrupting the currency. Intermittent fasting is likely not working for you. There's a high percentage that this is not working for you. And it may feel good because I know that I did it and I thought, gosh, I feel really good, but it was costing me. It was costing me my hair, my eyebrows, my nail health, my metabolism. So now that I have bushy eyebrows back and my eyelashes are super long and my hair is thick all around my hairline, I understand, right? Like this is the currency. I have the currency in so many areas dialed in. Okay, so exercise, a good stressor, but it is a stressor. So um, exercise and chronic dieting often go hand in hand. Um, And the thing is, is that working out requires a sufficient amount of energy. And so when we are working out, cortisol production via the adrenals is stimulated by working out, which means the adrenals need to be able to handle an additional job. Are your adrenals able to handle your workout right now? Well, if you're working out and continuing to get belly fat, your adrenals are saying, I don't have enough energy to be able to do this. So if we aren't giving our bodies adequate time to rest, it can't rebuild. If we aren't giving the body the feel it needs to rebuild, it will pull from the reserves, the muscle mass, the tissues to make enough energy to survive. The body will also down-regulate its metabolic rate when the muscle mass is lost because the muscle mass is more metabolically active than the adipose tissue. So if you wake up super early after a night of poor sleep to exercise, you're stepping over diamonds to pick pick up pennies. Lack of sleep has been shown to contribute to insulin resistance and blood sugar handling. In other words, you're adding in another stressor without balancing the ones on your plate already. So that doesn't mean that you can't do some strength training and you can't work out, but it's like, what is your workout like? And how is your body responding to your workout? This is like that check-in of like, am I actually getting the results of this effort or is my body saying like, this isn't really working for me. Then we have EMFs. Okay. So an EMF or an electromagnetic field is a physical energy field produced by things that are electrically charged. So such as cell phones, smart meters, Wi-Fi, smart TVs, etc. So EMFs are aligned on a spectrum depending on their wavelength and frequencies. So there are low intensity frequencies, such as those produced by standard electrical outlets and high intensity frequencies that are produced by things such as x-ray machines and high voltage power lines. The EMFs are leading to absolutely reverse adverse health effects. You know, we have cancer, lowered immunity, fertility issues, neurodegenerative changes, heart disease. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. The most important thing to note here is that your thyroid hates radiation and radiation is stored in the fat tissues. And so if you want a simple way of thinking about this, radiation is going to lead to gain weight. Okay. It's going to make you more puffy. It's going to make you uh, feel like weight loss is so difficult. Okay. It's one reason, but one really big one. Again, check yourself, you know, uh, make sure that the Wi-Fi is turned off at night. Um, make sure that the phones are on airplane mode, you know, 
uh, avoid using your phone where the signal is really bad. You know, if you can have protection in your car, have protection on your phone, have protection on your body. You know, uh, what should you do depends on what are you doing right now? Because all of us can always take that next step when it comes to this topic. I am constantly reevaluating my EMF protection. Um, I just did a story yesterday on a new, uh, band that I'm wearing and it is so ugly. Um, but they sent it to me and it looks like, you know, an Apple watch and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I could never wear this thing out in public because I, yeah, I'm not going to like walk around pretending that I have an Apple watch on. That's just weird. Um, and plus, you know, I tell people to take off their Apple watches all the time. They test for radiation toxicity. I'm like, do you have anything on your body? Let's get it off your body. Um, and so that would just like, this would so make people think, oh, she's wearing an Apple watch and she told me to take mine off anyway. So I have like a cute little femme sticker on it, but it's still like not pretty at all. It's prettier with my femme sticker. Um, but I am telling you, I can feel my body detoxing radiation. I have never put on something on my body as strong as this, where I can feel that detoxification happening. It is so cool to feel that. Um, and, and that's what happens is when we start to really reduce the EMFs, and even though I do so many things to reduce the EMFs, uh, you know, I'm still living in a plugged in, plugged in world, right? Um, but it stores, that radiation stores and it accumulates. And so when we start to detoxify it, ultimately our body's getting more energy and that's really exciting. I highly recommend that, you know, we take that next step. So then of course there's, there's mental, emotional, and physical stress. Any of this stress, no matter if it's mental, emotional, or physical, it is going to be perceived as the, by the body as a threat to our safety. Okay. So remember we, as women, we want to be safe. That is the most important thing. We want to be safe in our body. And so the nervous system will be alerted to the threat and this creates hormones to respond accordingly. So we have the cortisol, the epinephrine, the norepinephrine. Um, we can think, you know, about a situation uh, that stressed you out or made you feel ashamed. And if you just take a moment and just remember back to how you felt during that situation, you know, did you feel a knot in your stomach? Did you feel your adrenaline kick in? Did you feel anxiety creep in? Did you feel angry or frustrated? You know, did you start to feel sick from the stress? Our body remembers it and it will take note of the stressor or situation so it can react again in self-protection if and when it happens again. And this is how we build those neural pathways that sponsor how we interact with new situations that trigger a similar response. So on a physical stress, right, we can be dealing with infections, toxin exposure, inflammation, pain, injury. Um, so we want to start mitigating stress. We want to start getting real about this currency that we're working with. And so we've got to be honest with ourselves. We got to set appropriate boundaries and priorities and honor them. We got to focus on your power, um, identify your high stressor and high priority and adjust it accordingly. Get to know your sacred pause and practice addressing it. Praying and meditation, of course, are going to be helpful. Doing the emotional freedom technique, of course, is going to be helpful. Um, but we have to prioritize on the core of this, which is going to be our nourishment, our mineralization, and our hydration. Okay, so 
nourishment, mineralization, hydration, these are things that are happening inside the Harmonize Her Method. Now, more details about this are going to be released late this month. But in the meantime, if you want to get to know really how to address your metabolism, what's going on with your metabolism, I do have a free upcoming masterclass. It is going to be phenomenal. This is happening at the end of the June. So I'll make sure to drop the link. You're going to want to sign up for that. So of course we can't eliminate all stress from our lives, but we can change how we're able to show up to it and we can change how we shift out of it. So along with that sleep and nourishment, there are so many areas that can be lessened or greatly limited by simply shifting our perspective and deciding where and what we spent, want to spend our energy on. So even that simple mantra of saying like, this is happening for me, not to me has the power to change so much. When we reach for that higher truth, it can shift so many states of stress. I will often look at a a stressful situation and say, okay, there's an upgrade here for me. Like that's how I'm able to neutralize the stress. And that doesn't mean the thoughts stop in the merry-go-round in my mind, but it gives me something stronger to plug into where I don't feed the ego thoughts. I don't feed the ego chatter. Again, big things, you know, we got to address the sleep, We got to make time for relaxation, time for rest. Of course, the environmental toxins have to be addressed. Of course, if there's over-exercise, over-exertion, fasting, uh, not eating enough needs to be addressed. EMFs, all of these things. So from an emotional and life stressor example, we want to get honest about how we feel about our relationships. You know, if there's any financial concerns, if we're working with fear, depression, anxiety, If we're working and comparing ourselves, you know, comparing with lack or are we leading uh, our lives with through that comparison lens? Do we have negative feelings that are going around and around? Are we ignoring our intuition? Are we prioritizing the happiness and needs of others and ignoring your own? So physical and body stressor examples. Other things, you know, is that Um, certainly we can have that buildup of toxins, the elimination pathways may not be open. Uh, again, that nutritional deficiencies, blood sugar regulation is a huge one because that creates the sense of non-safety inflammation, and even things like allergies. Now, alcohol consumption can definitely put us in a weakened state. Uh, caffeine and excess can put us in a weakened state, processed foods, imbalanced macros, Uh, food additives, fillers, and preservatives, sugar, of course. Do a check-in for me. What areas are causing you stress? What would you say are the top three to five stressors in your day-to-day? What areas of stress could you work to change? Can the stressors be better managed or eliminated? And is there a perspective shift for you here? So I love this example. We have a graphic. Uh, I'll share this out next week sometime. I've shared it before, but it's like there's the energy takers and there's the energy givers. So the energy takers, people pleasing, too much screen time in social media, fear, doubt, stress, overthinking, clutter, mess, dehydration, not eating enough, uh, junk food, overworking, no exercise, sitting for too long, over-exercising, living in the past, living mindlessly on autopilot, and setting unrealistic goals. And then the energy givers, sunlight, nourishing food, uh, exercise in 
and appropriate measures for where we are in life right now. Water and hydration, fresh air, music, prayer, meditation, deep breaths, love and intimacy, meaningful conversations, self-care, positive affirmations, proper rest and sleep, mindfulness, art and creativity, and living in the moment. I just love that so much. So two things I will share with you. I'm going to drop the link to the upcoming masterclass all about the metabolism. This is going to dive deeper into the macro conversation too. And you are also going to have the opportunity to really see uh, how much you're likely under eating or not eating the correct proportions to feed your stress, uh, to uh, it's not feed your stress, but to uh, feed your capacity to be able to handle stress. And then I'm also going to link the wait list uh, for the cleansing circle um, it, it's, there's going to be so much new coming out about this. Um, but if you're like, I really want to walk this journey, uh, there's going to be a major transition happening this month. The cleansing circle will be changing into harmonizer method and the harmonizer method is going to be all laid out for you to see It is never going to be so easy for you to get on the path of healing your body, addressing your hormones and really, um, incorporating this lifestyle, uh, that you do so in a way that you embody it, that you get it. Like this becomes your way of life and, and all the confusion goes away and you have a place to work on the mineralization, to fine tune the health um, in a variety of different ways, uh, as well as, you know, eliminate the toxins. I mean, so big, so good, it's, it's, it's happening. So uh, I'll drop that too. So again, as always, I would love to hear how this resonated, uh, where this conversation landed, and you can uh, drop me some love in the Fiercely Awakening uh, group that is on Facebook. All right. So much love to you guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello and be part of the conversation by joining me in our private Facebook group, Fiercely Awakening.